all right. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Steven. Uh, you can't take my all rights. <laughs> all right, and welcome to the Senpai Kohai Podcast featuring... We don't have Matthew McConaughey, but we do have Trey and Steven. That's me. Steven, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. It's a nice, relaxing evening, and we're going to be talking about some of my favorite stuff this evening, Mecca. I, I feel like that really should be everyone's favorite thing. If giant robots don't hype you up, I don't understand what's really going to hype you up. I mean, if, if you didn't grow up with Gundam, Power Rangers, Zoids... Yeah, I mean, if you're going older, the Robotech series. Or Ro- yeah, or Robotech. I, did, then, I mean, really, what's going to hype you up? Don't throw shade at Robotech. <laughs> I just don't know what the audience is for Robotech. Really? I, I really don't know. Yeah. How? I, I know. Okay, we're going to get into this later. But first and foremost, <laughs> I'm going to quiz you on Mecca because I do know quite a bit of Mecca. And I'm going to keep it easy because you don't have quite the expansive knowledge I do. But that's rude. But we are the Senpai Kohai podcast. Indeed, I, <laughs> I do have a, a good decade on the <laughs> <laughs> All So right. uh, I'm going to start off easy. RX-78. Oh, that's that's my main Gundam from the Mobile Suit Gundam series. All right. Well, Amuro Ray, the pilot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite character, right? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> There's no one I hate more than actually... There's got to be some anime protagonist I hate more, but I do dislike Amuro Ray quite really? a lot. I do. Is there a particular reason? Because he's supposed to be like the hero character, isn't he? Oh, he's a very shitty hero. He, he's <laughs> very annoying. And I mean, I, I think that's just because he's a very reluctant hero and he just doesn't know what to do. And that's that's fair to him. You know, he's got to read a whole manual on how to guide a damn robot. But compared to Char, it's... How can you not root for Char? Char? But Char is a veteran. Like he's had time to do that. Like they don't chronicle the moment when he was like first getting in a robot, going, "I don't know what the fuck to do." They, they do. They do. They do. Mobile really? suit Gundam. Oh man, what is it the called? origin? Char's yeah, origin. Oh Char, yeah, yeah. they were showing that on Adult Swim randomly, and I I caught like part of an episode, and it seemed interesting, but it was definitely like I needed more context to the storyline because there was character names flying around and stuff being talked about, and I was like, I'm I'm out of my element. So oh yeah, it's so good. I love it. It it's it's probably one of my favorite Mecha moments. Is that that mini series? Really, so great. But I'm I'm very biased towards Char. Yeah, I clearly. But Char, I've and seen your your avatars. It's oh, you should see my Daki Makura. It's Char Asnable. <laughs> At least but it's not Diddy Kong. It no, that's the backside. It's, oh, it's, it's Diddy Kong. <laughs> it, uh, if I'm feeling a little bananas, I'll switch it to Diddy. No, but you, if you fr- can't see it, people. <laughs> but I'm shaking my head so hard, my brain is rattling. <laughs> All right, who's your next? Who's my your next, next one. Person? Okay, uh, let's see here. Veritech. Ooh, I don't know Veritech. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't? Is that Robotech? It's Robotech. Sound- yes, okay. absolutely. Oh, Thank God. Come for on, him. how could you not love an F-14 Tomcat that transforms into a halfway mode between plane and actual mech, and then actual mech? You know what? I think SWAT cats did that as well. No, now that I SWAT think about cats it, did not do that. <laughs> I feel like SWAT no. cats turned into a cat and then turned into a plane. I I could be wrong. I think I think SWAT cats was more of like a combiner kind of thing. You know, I like, see that. like it ejected like a, a separate mech that would like turn into a cat or something. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a, that was a solid series back in the day. And now I want to like chase it down. so I know if I'm right or not, because I think I've heard it was really solid. I think but... it was like 11 or 12 when that show came out. But it was it was remarkably solid, kind of like 
um, the more mature, like Sonic the Hedgehog show and uh, some of those things that people like, I don't know if you ever saw like Sonic Underground or like there is two adventures of Sonic and one no. had like the characters from like the Archie comics and things like that. No, I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah, it was more mature kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, that's off topic. We're not talking about Mecha unless we're talking about Mecha Sonic. But well, there's also the Eggman's and his yeah. different robots I'm man like, mecha is everywhere. sonic a mecha <laughs> sonic is a we mecha series uh, oh now. god you're uh, thinking about it yeah i guess <laughs> i don't like it but um, it is all right uh let's see here shining gundam oh shining gundam oh goodness that's not g gundam that's that's not zeta gundam Oh no! Oh, you got me. Which Gundam is it's it? It's G Gundam. You it were is. Correct. G- it is G Gundam. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I didn't hit you with one of the obscure ones like the Holland Windmill Gundam or anything like that, or the uh, extremely Whoa. like stereotypical That's Mexican Gundam. Gundam. Oh, I feel like I could have gotten the Mexican Gundam. Have you seen that? It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I think he's wearing like a sombrero and like a poncho. That's pretty bad. It's as like a, as a Gundam, but the Holland. I think the Holland. It was Holland. They had like the windmill and everything on it. Oh, have you seen that show? I don't think I've seen this Gundam show. It's basically Gundam, the tournament arc. It's literally... Uh, oh, you're talking about G Gundam still. Yes, Th- These are all the different Gundams within G Gundam. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have not changed subjects no. yet. Oh, you're, man. I you're just you making were... up subjects all by yourself. I have. Man, Amuro sucks. Okay. <laughs> um, I need to break away from some Gundams. Uh, let's see here. Good, uh, Jovians. 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 Yep. Is this JoJo part six? No. 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 Okay, I don't know Jovi. Martian successor in Odessigo. I could also say oh. uh, Ice of Alice. No, we've talked about this one. I haven't seen it. Okay, man. I just need to give you like half of my Mecha series so you can kind of catch up here. That would be thrilling. Because you I, love Mecha. I, I do love Mecha. I, I hate Isekai, but damn it, do I love Mecha. Some yeah, of my robots. Mean, yeah, Some of my Transformers robots are so is exciting. like a big one for you, isn't it? Nothing. Mm, ro- Transformers is almost foreplay. Almost foreplay. <laughs> if you put Optimus Prime out, oh my god. Yeah, didn't don't you even get, into get near the, me. The, the Transformers like trading card game and everything too? I I don't want to talk about that. That was lost investments. Mm. Don't want to talk about that. But yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. So Blue Destiny. I feel like I should know this. Mm-hmm. Blue Destiny. It's this not... is obscure as fuck. I'm oh, it sorry. is? Okay, yeah. I'll say that's not the name of the Gurren Logan one. That's... What is Blue Destiny? It's Mobile Suit Gundam Blue Destiny. It's a manga series. That's a... Se- oh, is that only... Blue it... Destiny isn't an anime yet. Not that I'm aware of. Like, it's not an anime. Because uh... Destiny is an anime, but Blue Destiny yeah, isn't. Yeah, Seed Destiny Seed is Destiny. an anime. Uh, okay. which, which Seed and Seed Destiny were basically like uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and I think... Uh, Zeta Gundam kind of like turned into their own new thing. Like I think they were like called coordinators instead of no t- new types. And uh, oh, oh, that's when the timeline split. Probably between... yeah, it's an alternative timeline. Uh, one, it's not. It's not UC. It's not Universal Century for those that don't know Gundam terminology, like us nerds. But okay, that's enough of that. Like I have other mechs, but it was mostly Gundam. I'm literally coming up off the top of the dome, and everything that I come up with that isn't Gundam is extremely obscure or something you've never seen, which I already know. Or it's just really obvious. Like I was gonna be like Descythe. What is Descythe? Oh, you've already Descythe? said Descythe. So. You you don't know Descythe. Is that is that a? Oh my god! Wow! I just said is that Gurren Logan? No. 
no, I Gurren don't know. Gurren Lagan literally has it in the name of the title. Is so. it Lagan? No. Gurren? No. Like, those, are the, those are the names of the mechs. Like, you, that, I, it's Gurren and Lagan? No. Ah! It's Gurren Lagan? You are hurting me right now. Death Scythe <laughs> is a mecha within a series, within a series that you know. You started it and you got bored. Oh, that that could be anything. <laughs> uh, it doesn't take much. It, you only got to have like three consecutive episodes. Okay, so of I'm gonna talking. hit you with the second hint because this is the one I thought you would get super easy. Death Scythe is from a Gundam show that I got bored of. Yeah, no way. Absolutely. Oh, it's Thunderbolt. No, no, it's not Thunderbolt. Not Thunderbolt. Um, no, I haven't got to watch Thunderbolt. Oh my god. Iron blooded or nope, no, nope, I just nope. don't like the aesthetic on that one. It's older. I didn't get bored of any Gundam series. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, really? Yeah, and not, I've, I've watched not every even one Gundam. With wings? Gundam, damn it. Ah. Gundam Wing. Damn it. Damn it. You got me. I remember now. Yeah, because I remember you telling me you got like, like 20 episodes into it and you were like, I just can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do it. It's so long. It's so boring. Everybody. Yeah, they they took forever to really get to the uh, the meat of that one, and yeah. I stopped after they finally got to the pivotal point where they were marked as traitors, and I was like, this took way too long. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was like halfway through the show. I think it's fifty episodes for the whole show, and like at twenty twenty five, they finally had the big event for the series, and I was like, man, I could be watching something else, but I need to uh, I need to go back and finish it as a as a Gundam guy. So I know what's going on. Death Side. Was that the nerdy guy that that uh Nope. Who who had that one? That was uh Duo Maxwell. What was his stereotypes? His stereotype was super emo guy with the Chinese outfit and the long braid. Mm. He was very edgy. He was the main character? No. Okay. I'll take your word. I'll believe you. As Senpai. I'll take your word. <laughs> we're just going to watch this together. Anyways. Yeah. Just I got the freaking it. ultimate collection out there. I might as Ooh, well. Yeah. With the endless waltz in it. With endless waltz in it. And uh, like the extra kind of like movies and, and like, I think there's like a, like kind of like all the promos and everything like included with it. That's it's pretty cool. It's a massive box. Like if I smack somebody over the head with it, they die. That's impressive. Yes, absolutely. I like that. Real anyways, shit. Um, so yes, that's the end of me attempting to quiz you. It was a lot of fun to talk about. So we'll get into some of those mechs while we're talking about our main topic. But what I want to know, Trey, is what have you been watching lately that is not mecha? I feel like I, uh, I'm obligated to share with everyone. No, you can't. You had to save it until the end. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that I'm watching Welcome to Demon School Arimakun. Yes! This is my moment! And it's this been is my great. Everest. It is great, isn't I it? I love it. Yeah. It's incredibly funny. It's Boba Bo meets Harry Potter with how zany and insane shit that happens is in this demon school. It is so funny. And like the, the trio of characters that you just meet and get to know, it's it's so great. And it's so funny. And it's I, I, I don't want to say Steven talked about it because he didn't. I felt like he only brought it up like once. But <laughs> I feel glad to be the one to really bring it on the show and share it with everybody. Oh, Jesus. But uh, I'm watching Welcome to Demon School. I'm already halfway through or a little bit over halfway through season one. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure I may have it finished by the time we record next. Yeah. We should be able to finish it uh, together by the time we hit that point. And we're, we're moving into the, like some better story 
elements yeah. and things like that because you you've just gotten to know the characters at this point and there's so much more to go and I'm ready to get you through it so we can discuss it on a welcome to the uh, welcome to demon school Irumakun focused podcast oh, episode. Oh god. Yeah. Uh. Absolutely. 100% hour long discussion of oh, how amazing god. this series is. What the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Are you watching man. anything else though? Um, no, I, I've been focusing on that mm-hmm. just to make sure I don't. Oh no, I, I don't know if I elaborated on last time, but I did finish uh, the saga of Tanya the Evil. Oh really? Um, which was really great, really refreshing. I I really like military anime. I feel like there's a lot of weight that they normally carry there, and they they normally do it really well. If they or if the studio has the gumption to put it up, then they they fulfill that promise. And Saga the Tiny of Evil did really well. Um, my brother recommended that one to me because he's a big fan of the series. He has, I'm pretty sure, all the light novels that have come out so far. And he he really recommended it to me. And I've watched it. I think I've watched everything but the movie. I've got to dedicate some time to the movie because it's all in Japanese. I normally watch dubbed. But uh, it's so good. It's, it's really, I'm not going to say fun, but it's entertaining to watch yeah. as everything goes through the show. Absolutely. And uh, I need to check that out because I do like military themed stuff, too. And if it's an isekai that doesn't really boil down to uh, harem or waifu stuff that's kind of unique, I definitely want to jump on it. That's exactly what it is. It's it's rooted. It's no no real waifus or anything. And it's. I'm not, that's not disappointing or anything. And that's, yeah. that's rare for me to say that, but oh, yeah, it's pretty great. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. But there, <laughs> there are none in the show um, and they, they stay pretty focused on the task at hand for Tanya and it's pretty, pretty great. And I, actually it being an isekai series, me being tricked into watching that, I enjoyed it for the isekai that it was. Mm-hmm. And it keeps that element of what is the purpose of them being there and how do we fulfill that? Does it feel like it, it forgets that it's an isekai at a certain point? They remind you of it. I want to say about once an episode or at least every really? other episode okay. because there's a a haunting character that stays with Tanya as you progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really kind of the way they keep you in for the isekai. Okay. But it's not as, I guess, bad as something like Kanasuba, the last isekai that can come to mind for me. Where it's like Aqua there, like, oh my god, you brought me into this world. I can't believe this. It's it it's more Tanya, like, I have to find this person. Yeah. Because I'm in this world. It's like a John Wick situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, they're they're, gonna... they're head hunting. Yeah, absolutely. Um I uh I was just curious because like, you know, I remember I talked about a, a couple Iskai words like that, like uh the uh the Saints magic power is overwhelming or I forget exactly what the name of it is. It's one of those ones with the long title where basically the first episode establishes it as an isekai. And then from then on, everybody just forgets that it's a thing. You know, what's crazy. The last one I saw that did that was, uh, I'm the eighth son. Are you kidding me? And from there, I quit isekai for Look, <laughs> like a I, year. I thought the anime was okay, but I've continued to read the manga and did it get it doesn't better? get better it doesn't get better it gets boiled <laughs> down so it gets it gets really boiled down in kind of like nobility and class structure and like how they interact with each other but and then why make it an isekai yeah like, it, it doesn't it make it, it just it, been it, a, it stops it a stops being an isekai anime. at a certain point and it and they literally are playing these games of like 
who assumes responsibility for this in this situation as this person in the nobility structure and things like that. And that might be interesting to people, but there's, there's series that do it better. Yeah. And like, and I just feel like, I don't know if it's a bad English translation cause I'm reading it off of a, a translation that is not official, but there's a, there's a series, uh, God, I'm trying to, it's like, it's uh, basically it translates to something like the, the ultimate slacker's life or something like that, where this guy gets isekai off to another world because this woman shows up with, you know, the ability to travel between worlds and, and basically asks him to come, uh, you know, live as the, the king of this world. And you actually get introduced into the politics of that world. And the series spends a lot of time establishing the characters and making you like them. And explains the nobility and the structure of like how dynamics work at the right pace and the right details. And it's really, really interesting. And it, it involves like generals and armies and how they advance into subduing monsters and how certain families interact with each other. And it's actually really, really interesting. And the main character is likable. I think that's my biggest thing is the main character is capable. He's an adult. He's likable. Um, he's kind of goofy on occasion, so he's got like some fa- uh, like failings, and I just feel like in like the I'm the eighth sin- uh, son, uh, it just like he he just can't fail. Yeah, every girl likes him. He's made a bunch of money. He can beat everything that exists, and it, there's no there's no real risks to any of it. Yeah, just those power fantasies. Yeah, it's... and I just I don't like it. But this other one, like uh, I'll have to dig up the actual official title and I'll bring it up on another one. Maybe I'll share it on the Twitter. Okay. Um. But it's it's a great series. I think it's up to volume nine. It's released by Seven Seas here in the U.S. Damn. Um, I do have the like book versions of them because I I love it so much. Like that was I I was so happy when they licensed it. Anyway, we kind of got off on like a little side road there. What were we talking about? I don't remember. What we were I was talking about watching? what we were watching, right? Yeah. What are you watching? I was oh, watching that. Man, I'm watching Welcome to Demon School at Rumakum with you because that's You're... exactly what I love to do. I've now watched the series four times. Oh my god. Yeah. This will be my fourth time through the series. That's too much. I've reread the manga three times up that's to current much. chapter. Oh my god. Look, I, I believe this is ultimately one of the best series that has been published in like a decade. I I can see it because it's funny. It's so funny and it's so good. Yeah. Uh, well, you acknowledge that there's still like I, a shonen element to I never, it. I never said that. Never said that. But there is a shonen <laughs> element to it. Absolutely. But it's especially the way it's framed in the anime. It is so shonen with the opening and the ending where it's like next time on Welcome to Demon School of Runicoon. And I love how it, grounded in the 90s it is. It is. It's really it, everyone looks like a Sailor Moon villain. And it's <laughs> so great. It's so great. It's uh, I, I can't get over it. it. It's it's I'm not going to say it's the best thing I've watched this year yet. We're going to wait till I get to the end. You you're getting this guy excited over here, but oh, please behave. <laughs> So I've watched also a few more episodes of uh, Pirate Princess Fina, which I continue to be impressed by um, between animation and actually a solid progression arc in terms of like the storyline. It's going pretty well. Now, mind you, I'm only up to about episode six uh, out of however many it's going to be, but I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far. And it's a solid release by Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. Um, I felt like some of the Crunchyroll originals were sort of like somewhere like here up at the top and some were really not 
Um, I think it really just depended on the source material and like how much they wanted to really translate to it. I feel like webtoons didn't really do such a great job of translating to anime. I feel like webtoons had a season and that was really kind of it. They had that tower of God in another one, but I kind of would like to see more get translated if that's capable. I feel like that's nice to see artist dreams realized. Yeah. It's, but, it's just, uh, you gotta understand like webtoons have a different like progression. They have yeah. a different, like flow to them from traditional manga. And I think that's, I think that's still in its infancy. I think it's something that in terms of like animation and directing animation, people are still kind of kneeling down. So, yeah, but it, Fina and uh, Iruma are kind of the main ones I'm watching. I'm still working my way through the rest of Martian successor in which mm. I brought up a while back. Yeah. Um, that would be why I'm bringing up the, uh, Ace and and the, the Jovians and things like that. Fina, um, I talked to my wife about uh, Fina Pirate Princess. That's what it's called, right? Fina mm-hmm. Pirate Princess. Absolutely. Uh, is very reminiscent of Tangled, the Disney movie. Really? Um, it, it is. At least the way the princess presents herself and acts. I was describing it to my wife because normally I just talk to her about stuff I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I think you would actually like this one because she does like pirates. But Tangled is also my wife's favorite movie. And Look, I, was like, I hey, understand. I love Tangled. It's great. It's, it's a, a good movie. movie. Um, yeah. What's the guy's name that plays uh, Flint? Oh, uh, Zachary Levi. That's him. Yeah, he yeah. he's great. He's fantastic. He carries he's, the movie. You he know, really you think does. Mandy Moore does, but hey, what what, what does Mandy, Mandy Moore, Moore do sings. compared to? That's what she does. Barely. Uh, I mean, but Zachary Levi definitely carries it with the humor and like yeah. the charm, and he kind of like I don't know if you ever watched his TV show Chuck. No, I've been meaning to because I've heard fantastic he's in it. show. Like really, really, really elevated himself to like a leading, uh, leading actor position there. And it definitely is. It's, it's kind of a time capsule, if you will, because he plays a character that works at like a geek squad type thing. Wow. And like, that's not like, that was very, that was very much culturally relevant at one point, And it's not so much anymore just because of the way technology and like service and things have evolved. But it's it's a really cool concept. They have some really cool story beats, and it's well acted. I, I can't recommend it enough. I actually have it all, the entire series on Blu-ray. It's one of the few TV series I own on Blu-ray. Hmm. Um, but he also was great as Shazam. Shazam was really good. That was, Did you enjoy that a lot? I really that enjoyed it. So we good. both really enjoyed Shazam. It was probably the best DC movie to come out in years. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Anything Zachary Levi, I think. Hey, Zach, we appreciate you. Indeed. If you want to listen. <laughs> so apart from that, I think uh, we both covered what we're watching. Steven, what are you playing? I know you've been hitting this Atelier Riza pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Riza, if you're from the Wu-Tang pronunciation. Um, <laughs> if not, it's Riza. But what have you just been playing this? Oh, uh, Wu-Tang, the, the anime game. Yeah, I've primarily been playing that. Um, but I also picked up a new game on the Switch called Eastward. Which, ah. you know, was I think it was part of the, the indie showcase. Yeah, this this most recent one. Yeah, it's it's kind of got that kind of interesting pixel um, kind of look of like Stardew Valley. It's published by Chucklefish, the same uh, publisher that released Stardew Valley. Oh, so same developers and team and everything? It's not Concerned Ape. Concerned Ape was the one-man team that made Stardew Valley. But, oh, okay. But they're working with a company in, I believe it's China called Pixpill. Um, and it plays kind of like a Zelda-like. Hmm. And it's a... Uh, 
you basically it's like a, a post-apocalyptic world almost and you play this this guy named john and he's discovered this person while well, he's a scavenger under under the the world this, this isn't spoilers it's literally in in the video for the indie showcase and you basically start the game going to rescue people from you know these like slugs that are invading the mine that you work at and you start you start out by like going out and hunting and and you use a frying pan to fight to start the game. Okay. Yeah, it sounds bizarre. But you fight them and you help clear things and you start to learn different elements of the game. And so it's kind of got that Link Zelda sort of thing. There's a lot of puzzles. So it's like you have to figure out how to get electric cords connected to open doors and then disconnect them and connect them to another place to open another door. You get bombs that allow you to uh, you know, progress in a different way through puzzles. And then you go back to town after doing like kind of your little intro and you find out there's this video game that all the kids play in town. And you're the per the person you found in the rooms was this little girl uh, that was in like some capsule and she's basically become your sort of adopted daughter. And she is trying to get like, she knows all the kids in town and they play this, this game called earthborn. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, there is references out the yin yang for this game. So when you boot it up, it looks like it's a, a, a Famicom uh, cartridge in the top left corner. And it looks like a character that looks like Dai from the Adventures of Dai for Dragon Quest. Okay. And when you play the game, your characters all are, it's a, it's a turn-based RPG and you're fighting the Demon King. And you do an actual turn-based RPG. Like it lets you select different stuff, skills, Just restore like your AP. the Dragon King from Dragon Quest 1. Absolutely. But, okay. Absolutely. And that's the thing is all these kids play together with like memory cards. And so they have fun with that. And then you move on and you start to go through an adventure and then she joins you and you each have different abilities that allow you to continue to complete puzzles. So you're playing this game. We're exploring this relationship with these two people, exploring this world. It's like got all these like kind of like underground, everybody lives underground. There's mushrooms. It's very vibrant and almost reminds me sort of like Ready Player One to a certain degree. The movie. Yeah. You know, that whole kind of like weird amalgamation of like technology that's dead now and they use it to turn it into houses and stuff like that. But it's very, very cool. But there's a, there's a crafting system in cooking. Um, oh, very well, reminiscent, I'm already out. I'm yeah, already well, out. It, reminiscent of Breath of the Wild. Oh, I hated that. You really? Oh, for sure. Really? I hated well, that. Well, it's not required, so don't fret too much. Okay. But it is, it's really cool, kind of like almost Zelda-esque Mix with a little bit of RPG, having these extra like features. It's really charming. The characters and the writing are really, really fun. And I can't recommend it enough. Like it's I think it's like $24.99 or $19.99. I can't remember which one it is, but it's worth every penny. Like even at even at full cost. Like it's it's a great game. I've just scratched the surface. I didn't realize it was already out. So yeah, that's exciting. Just came out last Friday. Hmm. And it's it, it's the other game that is really absorbing a lot of time. Like I, I can talk for the next hour literally about atelier riza and our friend daryl will probably jump into discord and give me shit for mentioning this game because he has yet to play it for longer than an hour and all he does is talk shit about how much he doesn't like it and i hope he hears this and decides to play the game and not just give me more shit i'm talking to you daryl anyways what are you playing so i as most people would know i have been playing final fantasy 7 um, I was grinding up to finish Emerald and Ruby Weapon. I've got most of my characters up to high 70, high 80. And then I finally decided to go and fight Emerald Weapon. But then when I looked up what I needed to do, 
it was go grab a materia and use it to find a separate monster and get some item from it to go fight the emerald weapon and i was like no that's you know what that's enough i think i'm strong enough and i i don't need to prove anything to any weapon mm-hmm. and i already know what the end of material is that i get from that i already have all the summons and i don't need anything so i'm good i don't have anything to prove so i went ahead and just went ahead and beat the game i went ahead and finished final fantasy 7 so and it was amazing really? i loved it I hate that I pushed it off for so long because of its ugly ass aesthetic because it was still ugly while I played it, but it was well worth it. God damn. I I wish like now you could talk to old Trey on the podcast. Oh yeah. Because you were, you were, I love how you switch gears so quick. Oh, it doesn't take much. It doesn't. (laughs) It's just like forcing you to do it. Like here, enjoy this. The thing is you have to let me, Make me think it's my own idea. So like, oh, a year of Final Fantasy. Well, I guess I better go ahead and <laughs> knock out Final Fantasy Seven, and that's a good way to get me to trick me into doing it. So we're already playing Final Fantasy Six, yes. as you've wanted me to play. Yes. So that would have been a good way to trick me into doing it then. But we'll see how that goes. I do. I do love the the whole fact that you have to be tricked into enjoying things. Like your brother tricked you into to watching Tanya the the Evil. Yeah. So the, yeah. Tanya the Saga. the saga of of tanya Tanya the the evil Evil. thank you Um, he he said the japanese name one day and it was a very simple word but i just don't remember it right now oh yeah i it escapes me at the moment it doesn't matter but yeah so i really enjoyed final fantasy 7 and then i'm still working on cleaning games off my switch so i can make space for these other games that are coming i I really want to make sure i'm cleaning games as i'm getting games to put on i don't want to backlog i'm trying to manage um, so right now I'm working on Helter Skelter. Whoa, that's not no, the right that's line. not the same thing. Jesus. <laughs> Mary that's, Skelter. That's some <laughs> Charles Manson stuff. Um, Mary Skelter, yes. yes. Mary Skelter Nightmares is the one I'm working on. And I've started Mary Skelter 2 without realizing that what I bought came with the first one. And I got maybe an hour or two into Mary Skelter 2 and quit because it was overwhelming. The world, the mechanics, there was just too much going on. And I couldn't absorb it all at once. And granted, I almost got to that point here in the first couple hours of Mary Skelter 2, or of Mary Skelter Nightmares, (laughs) the first one, because I've spent maybe the first three hours reading tutorials as they've they've sent it to me. Yeah. And I, I have not, I've barely gotten to play. Yeah, but it's, I, it's a lot like that with those types of games. Yeah, just just understanding the dungeon mechanics mm-hmm. because it's a dungeon crawling game. Is it the first person one where you like turn mm-hmm. and things like that? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. turn at face at the face. And Was it uh, the the uh, labyrinth of refrain? That's one like that too. Yeah, labyrinth that's, of refrain. It's a great game, but it does have a lengthy introductory. Moero Chronicles yeah. H is the same. Yeah. So oh yeah, did I you, did you picked, download that? No, I no. should have got that one instead. I should have. I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. <laughs> But I like alternative fairy tale stories. Um, so we're going to see how this one goes. This one plays off Alice, Jack and Jill, or like Alice in Wonderland, Jack and Jill, and Little Red Riding Hood. Sort of like uh, fairy tale sort of. Yeah, thing. like Aesop Absolutely. Fables, but with a twist. Yeah, like gotcha, a gotcha. bad Japanese twist. I don't think so. it's I don't think it's Aesop Fables, but I. Mm, you could be right. I mean, Aesop's Fables is like uh, the grasshopper and the ant, I think, is the one. And then. Oh, that's Bug's Life. Go ahead. 
Anyways, what's the next one? So we, we've been playing some games. <laughs> we've been watching some anime. What we're going to talk about now is Mecca, because that is what we really came here to do. So since I have a much more lengthy history with Mecca, and so I have many more to say, I want to hold off a little bit. And I want to let you tell me about your introduction to Mecca and what you love about Mecca. So for me, Mecca started back when I was a wee lad. And me and my me and my brother would watch Transformers. And we watched Zoids. We watched... I want to say we watched a little bit of Gundam, but we couldn't appreciate Gundam. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of in my beginning stages. And then finally, when I was in college, kind of doing my own thing, I got Mobile Suit Gundam 8th MS team. And I just got it on a whim. What a winner. And that was my first anime to help get me back into anime. And I watched it and I was blown away. I really appreciated it for what it was. And I was like, wow, this... This is what anime can be. This yeah. it, it's not just, you know, you know, anime boobs and crazy stuff happening. This is story. This is art. This is character development. Character development. Absolutely. Because you you see a man in love turn against what he fights for for his for his love. And that's it's insane. It's it's a crazy Romeo and Juliet story with Mecca. And it's, I've never it's, thought of it that way. That's oh, amazing. Oh yeah, it's very well dressed, and I love that that series in Gundam so much. And from there, it, it pushed me to watch Mobile Suit Gundam the first, and then that's where I fell in love with Char. And I was like, wow, what a driven character to fight for his ideals in such a crazy way. And like, he he does what he can, and I'm glad they put the Mobile Suit. Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, that's that's what it's called, the Char Aznabal series. Mm -hmm. Because you kind of see why he does what he does to to get revenge. That way he's not just some crazy freak doing what he's doing for the sake of killing people. Yeah, he's he's not just this nondescript bad guy. Yeah, he there there's way more to him. And he, he's getting revenge for his his family and everything and his sister. And it's it's so great. There's so much elaborated upon and i love it and just fighting through robots is easily the best way to see fights you you don't have to go through shonen fights mm -hmm. i guess and I, I mean shonen fights are great you know there, there's nothing that tops naruto getting a new tail or goku hitting a new stage and combining it with something or or skateboarding with a kamehameha but You'll catch that when you see it. I see you giving me a confused look. You'll catch it when you get there. But fighting with mechas is so intense because it's real. It's rude. It's soldiers in robot armor. And it's so great. I th I think there's, there's a wide variety of mecha. I think there are some that are grounded a little bit more in reality. And there are some that get really bizarre. Like uh, we talked about G Gundam a little bit earlier in, in our banter. And that's the one where it gets a little bizarre. I actually feel that uh, Gundam Seed gets that way too. That like some of the the level of how powerful those Gundams get hits some Dragon Ball Z kind of like you know supernatural stuff. I, I felt the same way about G Gundam. You know, it's a lot of like you know force of will kind of power. Like I, I feel like Gurren Lagann's that way. Yeah. Is you know it's like it's just your sheer will is what powers this mecha to be stronger. Like it's there's no real I guess uh science or anything to it. There's no 
there's no grounding in reality. And I had no problem with that because I enjoy that mecha type as well. But where I started was Robotech, which if you don't know, Robotech is an amalgamation of three different anime series, which is Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. Um, there, there's Southern, uh, Southern Cross is the other one. I forget what the little like prelude words are and Mospedia. And what they do is they take all those series and the footage from it and like reassign character names and make it this overarching storyline. Uh, it's actually pretty creative. Um, if you ask me, but I still enjoy the original series better. Like, so in Robotech, the Mecha is the Veritech and in the original Macross series is the Valkyrie. And I love airplanes. Grew up in the military, grew up in the Air Force, was in the Air Force. And I adore airplanes and their design and how they work. And so it was really cool to see something that was this kind of combination of actual fighter jet into this kind of like fun, romantic humanoid battle suit. And I really liked that. And... While I don't, I don't remember exactly. I need, I need to. I, I wish I could get my hands on the original Macross series to see if they talk about it. But in the Robotech series, especially the novels uh, written by Jack McKinney, published by Del Rey back in the day, uh, they explain that the Veritech helmets actually have sensors in them that allow brainwaves to help them facilitate movement. They also have controls in the cockpit that allow them to pilot it like an airplane and like a person, but that. Same thing in their helmet helps them actually move the arms and the legs and, you know, do very human movements, even though it's a robot. Uh, and that had me. Like, I love the Tomcat. I love the F-14 Tomcat. And it was a great machine, uh, a great jet. And to have it turn into, and the best part is that it had a transformation in between. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just transformers. It wasn't just jet to robot. It was jet jet robot with the legs out and the arms but the top half was like the front part of the tomcat it was a much more maneuverable version of it and then it turned into the battleoid or battleroid version whichever one you want to go with and then you had the full-on humanoid kind of thing where you could actually operate is like kind of slower much more human movements like kind of like an operative i guess okay and it was it was just so mind-blowing to me back then that i i loved it to death and i just couldn't get enough of it but i moved on from there at some point to um a series that i actually still equate with the probably most realistic mech as close as like later in the series it gets a little more fantastical but have, uh, i've talked about full mental panic before haven't i Yes, you have. Yes, they have a type of mecha in that one called the Arm Slave. And they actually do a good job of showing what it's like to actually sit in the cockpit and reach their arms through certain sensors that hit like the elbow and then they grab a handle around like their fist and like it goes around their wrist. And it, they literally move this mech from inside. And they talk about how certain models can uh, are more mobile or move slower, have heavier armor and things like of that nature and it's not until you get later in the series, the whole like using your brain to kind of like force higher level abilities comes into play. But a lot of the rest of the world knows arm slaves as these mecha that normal armies use. 
and they are controlled by people and they have melee weapons. They have guns and there's ammo and like there's entire parts of the series where people run out of ammo and they have to use a, basically a robot knife and things like that. It's a lot of fun. And I, I think that's real. I think the the heft behind those types of mecha really appeal to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Gundam. I like the fantastical. But the ones that really get me are the ones that you can feel. Like, even in animation, you you feel those things. They're heavy. And the way they move and they, they hit, they don't just bounce back. It's not like watching robot versions of people fighting. It's watching people piloting a robot fighting each other. And that's that's what's different for me. I think I'm the opposite. I think really? I'm a little bit more on the robot fantastical side. So I, I'm, I, my Gundam is, who God, do I love Gundam? I, I definitely need to catch up on more series, but I love it. And Gundam Unicorn is heavy on the fantastical side. So for those that are uninitiated into Gundam, there's a type called New Type, and really what that is is people that are a little bit more, I guess meant to combat in space and drive their Gundams in space. They have the ability and the adept or adaptability. What's the word there? Adaptability, adaptability, close one letter off (laughs) to pilot their mechs in space. And they, they, they're that much better. That's why Char was better than Amaro until Amra was a better new type than Char. Mm-hmm. And so on in the series, you see new types begin to progress as humans evolve through the Gundam series, in the lore, at least through the Universal Century. Yeah, because they're like know. new versions of humans mm-hmm. or something like that. They evolve. Mm-hmm. And in Gundam Unicorn, new types really hit a peak where they start to develop rights, if that makes sense. And they, they actually become a political entity. And it's super interesting because it's it becomes almost a, a military drama, and that makes it really thrilling, or at least I find it really thrilling. I mean, they're all military dramas to a degree, but it's it's an interesting approach to the military yeah. drama. It's yeah. not one organization versus another organization. It's not colonies versus the Earth. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah, it's how how do we approach this newfound issue that that we've known is coming, but now we have to address it. We're here. What's next? And it's it's so great. It's it's very interesting. And the fantastical side of it is is neat as you see these new types handle their mechs. Because um, it's not just, okay, all right, we're mechs in space. Shoot your guns. And that's it. Because you see the, the <laughs> I'm new types. I'm firing my laser. I'm, I'm shooting my lasers. And it's, <laughs> they handle it a little bit more interesting. You see the new type Gundam. I guess flare. That's where you see the unicorn open up and it has two horns instead of mm-hmm. one and it, it becomes pink instead of white. That's its new type form. Um, or I guess I'm trying to think of another new type explanation, but I can't think of one, but another explanation of the fantastical is something like darling of the Franks, which I know Steven hasn't watched yet. Um, we will get to, but we won't elaborate because of how, it is and uh, yeah how big it's a trigger series trigger. so i'm i'm you know my, trigger is my favorite animation studio so i really don't want you to ruin it for me we'll just watch it after iruma kun oh yeah i i won't even make you watch season two of iruma kun before we do it we'll we'll move into darling and the franks how after. kind 
How kind of yes. you. Yes. You're, you're stuck with me for an extended period of time, so we got we got oodles of time to work on anime. And um, so it's it's one with messages. It's one with work, and it's great. It's got a lot to do, and it's it's just being able to appreciate the fantastical and what it means whenever you can appreciate what it's doing at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think character development kind of falls into part of those storylines. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, because like, for instance, Gurren Lagann, like I adore Gurren Lagann. Uh, it is a giant homage, 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 homage to, uh, all the Mecca series that have existed through time. You can literally see it from the start of the series to the end. Um, the combining Mecca, the, the sheer, force of will that brings you to victory. I mean, it has a lot of fun in that nature. And and I think it's cool that it actually adapts a kind of like lore to go with it with the, uh, the spiral knights and everything of that nature. Um, I'm not going to go into in depth because if you haven't watched girl in the gone yet, you just need to go watch it. And I really don't want to spoil anything because it's such a fun watch. It's got emotional moments. It, but it glorifies every era of Mecca that there has ever been. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's fun. That's I want to say that's one that's been on Netflix for a long time too, mm-hmm. especially for reference. If you want to watch Gurren Lagann, it's God, it's classic. Yeah, it's, it's and that's what's wild is I'm old enough to remember that it's a classic now. I remember when it was first premiering, I was watching yes. it on fan subs. God, I had to chase down copies of episodes in ABI format on IRC Internet Relay Chat for Gurren Lagann. Yeah. It's older than I realized. Yeah. Because no, I watched like, it on Netflix. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like it, I watched it as it was being fan-subbed as it was released in Japan. Before the days of working together and simulcast and, and things of that nature. So Wow. Yeah. There was an era for that. That was a, that like 2000 to like 2010, 2011 area. Mm-hmm. I think it really had kind of gone away by 2012. A lot of Netflix and other like Hulu showed a lot of stuff that they'd really embraced the, the streaming as anime got more. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, I don't, I don't have any beef with streaming because anime is way more mainstream now. And I, I welcome that. I want more Mecca in my life and I have had more Mecca in my life because of streaming and the more availability. I mean, Come on, there's there's a company out there called Discotech that's licensing ancient anime. Ancient anime. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a domestic release of Combattler V, which is literally a combining robot series from, like, if not the 70s, like, maybe the early 80s. And that was a whole, I think it was like a truck and a rocket ship and something else. And they combine into, like, like not even like a truck, like, like, an S, uh, like it's like an 18-wheeler that would, like, add into the... It's, it, it's so it's it's got this like kind of iconic song as a theme. It's uh there's uh, some jokes in it. One of my favorite series, uh, Genshin actually has a scene where uh, one of the characters sings the opening theme to Come Battler V. So that's uh that's where I started out learning about that. Uh, mecha shows that are fantastical that I enjoy were uh, Gurren Lagann, like I said. I liked Razef, and I've talked about that on the show before. Yeah. Uh, that one is very fantastical. That one's more built around, like, alien life forms and and mecha bean life forms, for that matter. Uh, what else do I like that's like kind of a fantastical? I love G Gundam. I bought, the, I bought the Ultimate Edition from Right Stuff on that one. I could not resist. Also, fun fact about G Gundam is 
there's there's two two things that I'm going to bring up that are just completely random. But one of them has to do with uh, G Gundam, and that is the fact that there was an episode of Pokemon that paid homage to we've. I did, did I talk about this already? You, you have. It was uh, when they were in Big Mecha Pokemon, and they. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Bro- please. No, I'm done. I, I remember uh, Brock and the girl of that episode were doing the whole like. Because he normally scene. has a girl of the episode. He, it's Brock. You you know what to expect. So from Brock. I have to ask real quick because you're a Pokemon fanatic. Is Brock an adult or is he like a kid like the rest of them? Hmm. So. I am a fanatic, but I don't know about the show that much. I did watch the show, but I, if you would ask me the ages of like Brock, Misty, Tracy, I don't know. Yeah, I just I just remember, I think I was listening to our, our friends over at Talk Shonen uh, talk about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I think they referred to as Brock as an adult. And I was like, wait, is he an adult? Like, I never thought about it that way. I I would believe it if he is, since he's so focused on... Uh, on relationships on the ladies absolutely i would believe it that man is uh that man's got a goal and it's not being a gym leader man did you ever watch g-force do you know what g-force is uh that's that disney movie with the hamsters oh is that what you're talking part about? of me just died on the inside oh no this, this is why you're, you're the senpai <laughs> sorry no this is why you're the kohai i don't know how to talk jesus um this is why you're the kohai uh, G-Force was the American version of Gotcha Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I've always seen Gotcha Man, so I, I haven't seen this. Like, you saw the original Gotcha Man, though? Like the no, old... I haven't seen it. I've oh, seen really? the promotion for Gotcha Man, but I have not seen this promotion known as G-Force. So, That's weird they wouldn't call it Gotcha Man. So, back in the day, we're talking, like, the era of Speed Racer. With the, the poorly dubbed... Kind of English, poorly going everything. On. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing, and uh, G Force was Gotcha Man in from the the lens of America, but they they typically had like kind of Mecca esque kind of things going on. They had a special jet and and things like that, and they dealt with you know the big bad. I thought it was like that same thing of like the the character drama mixed with the. Uh, you know, sort of technology. Cause that was the whole thing is like, they were like, uh, uh was it science ninja team? Gotcha mm-hmm. man. Uh, they were, they were a solid one that got me in moving in the same direct in the direction of Mecca. So uh, I also watched star blazers reruns, which were, uh, the American version of, uh, space battleship Yam- Yamaru, uh, that they adapted over here. I've watched that through, uh, VHS tape. So, you know, like, and that was the same thing. It was like this space mecha battleship that they would, they would, but they had star fighters in it and things like that. So I feel like those are kind of like adjacent sort of things. Uh, is there a modern mecha, like recent mecha that you're into? No, it's, it's been a while since one's caught my eye. So there was, what was it? Mo- Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans that came out. But honestly, the aesthetic of that one really threw me off. Um, the way the characters are drawn, the way the Gundam itself is, it it's not very reminiscent of Gundam for me. It and I, I I almost feel, I guess, pretentious in saying it, but like it's, it almost looks too anime. Oh really? Yeah, like where Gundam almost has a more realistic feel to it. Yeah, I mean I know where it's 
you know, this is anime. This is robots in space fighting for the sake of military political drama. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron-Blooded Orphans doesn't have that look to it. And I mean, I know it may be great. Is everything. it supposed to be in the UC timeline? I'll have to check with a uh, friend of the show, Will. I'm not sure <laughs> if he knows. Um, he did, may, did you I, give up on it too soon? I, I think I did. I tried two episodes and I just couldn't get past the wow. big ass goofy eyes on the main character. And they showed <laughs> they showed the main Gundam with his mole ass fingers that, that and his big ass Triton. And I was like, "What is this?" Ah, so you just what didn't like the mecha design. Uh, I, I I am a fan of mecha design, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just a fan of certain ones. But I just couldn't get behind Iron Blooded Orphans, and they just announced um, Mercury of or Witch of Mercury, mm-hmm. and the, the first Gundam TV series in, in like a decade, seven, yeah, ten years, you know, like something, something some crazy like this. It's, it's been a long time. Like, yeah, Iron Blooded Orphans was the last TV or series, the, the first new mm-hmm. TV series because. They did Mobile Suit Origins for Char, mm-hmm. but that's been rooted in Mobile Suit Gundam in the past 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So this will be the first original thing in a long time. Um, I'm excited to see if this is once we start seeing some key visuals from it, but I'm reserved. I'm, I'm nervous to see an entirely two anime aesthetic, if that makes sense. I don't want it to be overtly anime i would like it to be a little bit more in the in the original sunrise gundam you know what you're getting here yeah i guess Uh, aesthetic welcome to being an anime fan for a longer period of time where you have to accept the changes that have happened man it sucks (laughs) it sucks like what would you do if monster masume came out with a sequel and it had a different look to it my Monster Masume is here for one thing, uh, and one one thing is only going to look the same. Look, there is I'm, no way that's going to. I'm look not going to lie. Monster Masume got a steelbook release over a million other uh, series. So, uh, oh, yeah, like you didn't know uh, that. You no, didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Christmas present activated. Oh but, man! But as you can see, there's a lot to talk about in the form of Mecha. We've talked about a lot of Gundam, but there's a lot more than that out there. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you mentioned Zoids in there. Uh, good lord! There was a Gadguard. Have you ever heard of that series? Gadguard. Yeah, no. like there's there's all kinds of crazy series out there. Big O. Big no. Have, I like have you ever Big watched o. Big O? I, I am. It was I am Batman primarily... the animated series meets Japanese like Whoa. kaiju level like mecha like Gigantor, where the person stands on the edge of the the robot and like you haven't seen Big O. No, that's Look, I want that you to sounds know, amazing. I want you to know that this is essentially a series that premiered in Japan and absolutely failed, but nailed it in America. So just it take that like for it whatever, whatever it will. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's a fantastic show. I think it's it's great. And I'll have to show it to you sometime soon. But uh I think that kind of hits us for now. Like I think we're we're on the, the tail end of our mecha journey, at least for this episode. Yes, sir. No, I I think there's only so much mecha in the world. There needs to be more. Absolutely. Honestly. And really for games. Um, there, God, there's only so many mecha games and really just for something to keep an eye on out for the next couple months. I, and I even want to say in the next maybe month or so, there's, 
Super Robot Wars coming out. Yeah. I want to say that's what it's called, and it, it's a celebration of Mecha games. It's a crossover title with Mecha it's from every series you've ever a loved. Damn crossover, and it looks so good. I, I need to look up who all the uh, who the announced characters are going to mm-hmm. be. But every week or every other week, I check on the page just to see who who else is going to be in it. It okay. looks. So good. I'm Man, so excited. We didn't touch on Gigantor, Gitter Robo. Or uh, Voltron. Voltron, uh, or, man. I mean, we didn't even really talk about Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Common uh, Rider, Super Sentai, which is the Japanese version of Power Rangers. Of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much more mecha in the world that we can explore. Maybe we will come back to it. But I think that really kind of wraps us up for the day, Trey. I think we've we've really hit the, the fine points of what we love about mecha already. And maybe we can be more detailed next time. We'll see. I'm going to need more details about that Monster Masume steelbook, but I think you're right. I think we have <laughs> definitely hit our, our end case. Steven, did you have anything else you wanted to wrap us up with? Absolutely not. I am looking forward to hearing from people what they think about this episode. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Senko Podcast. And then you can hit us up at our, I think we're on our anime for like our podcast as well. Do we post on, do we post on our anime? Oh yeah, for getting questions, yeah, absolutely. I, I was misunderstanding our <laughs> anime as an our anime, but ah. yes, Reddit at our anime. Yeah, I normally post questions on there and try to gather questions. So if you have a question, check out my post on there from Treyblade. I'll normally gather questions for the next episode. That's going to be a bi-monthly thing where we try to gather episodes or <laughs> gather questions yeah. for the episodes. <laughs> Talk <laughs> like a person, Trey. Man, ga- gather the episodes. And, uh, but that's really going to be it, Steven. All man, right. That, I appreciate you being here, man. I, I love being here and I love talking Mecca. We'll see, see you next week, all right? All right, man. See you later. Peace. Okay, that's, that's stupid.